Chapter Twenty Two of Nan Sherwood at Lakeview Hall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Nan Sherwood at Lakeview Hall by Anne Rowe Carr. Chapter Twenty Two punishment mrs cupp proved that she possessed a hearty appetite and that the fright she had suffered had not impaired it she accepted a second helping of salad and two plates of ice cream followed with several fancy cakes i must say she observed in a more cordial mood than any of the girls had ever seen her display before i must say that whoever chose these refreshments showed more regard for your digestions than usually is the case in such midnight feasts and as i remember my own school days we never had anything on such occasions that was really fit for a girl to put in her stomach oh mrs cupp exclaimed laura did you really have parties like this when you were a girl at boarding school i was just saying laura that they were not like this returned the matron but schoolgirls are all alike if banquets are not the girls giggled at that retort it did seem funny to hear mrs cupp joke in even the grimmest manner but mrs cupp was rapidly recovering from her softer mood laura said afterward that if it took a ghost fright to make mrs cupp livable if the matron were threatened with the guillotine for instance she might really be good company while the effect of the announcement of the coming tragedy lasted i want to know who the guilty party is said the lakeview hall matron who got up this party and who paid for it i'm the guilty one said nan promptly i must be held solely responsible oh no she is not alone responsible i helped cried bess and if nan is to be punished i ought to be too and so did i amelia put in twon't be fair for only one to be punished and you know said the red-haired girl with saucy significance we all helped eat nan's lovely supper ahem i see the point laura mrs cupp observed but it does not change the facts a rule of the hall has been broken flagrantly broken that you girls fled away to this spot for your rehabensible act adds to the offence we are responsible to your parents and guardians for your health and safety the result of an escapade like this nobody can foretell something might have happened in this old boathouse to harm you girls and bring ill repute to the hall the party of school lawbreakers looked rather solemn mrs cupp folded the napkin that she used and brushed the crumbs from her black broadcloth skirt nothing excuses an infraction of the rules but i am inclined to show leniency to everybody but the prime mover in this affair and that is 
Me, gasped Bess Hartley. Nan would never have thought of having a supper but for me. But I chose this place for it, and it was my money paid for it, cried Nan. How much did it cost? asked Mrs. Cupp briskly. More than twenty-five dollars, confessed Nan, blushing. Mercy on us! What extravagance! cried the matron. You shall be punished for that if for nothing else, Nancy Sherwood. And she got up quickly. Now, girls, is there anything left? Some cream and cake, Mrs. Cupp, Amelia promptly announced. Take it up to the hall for Susan and the other maids, ordered the matron. Miss Sherwood, Miss Hartley, Miss Polk, and Miss Spriggs, and Miss Boggs may come down here some time tomorrow and clean up. I will speak to Dr. Prescott about the punishment to be meted out to the chief offender. She will be vexed about it, I have no doubt. Laura sidled up to her as the matron prepared to set forth with the truants for the hall, and whispered, But wasn't that mayonnaise lovely, Mrs. Cupp? You cannot cajole me, Miss Polk, the matron said. This speech gave the fun-makers a feeling of dejection. Most of them did not know how clear Dr. Prescott's sense of justice was. It looked as though Nan Sherwood was in for a lot of trouble, and as she had given them such a delightful supper. It so troubled their minds that even the timid ones thought no more of the black dog as they filed out of the boathouse. Nan locked the door, and she and Mrs. Cupp came in the rear as the whole party scuttled up the long flight of steps to the brow of the bluff. Mrs. Cupp walked slowly and leaned upon Nan's arm. "'Don't you know who that was out there in the bushes, Nancy?' the school matron asked. "'No, Mrs. Cupp,' declared Nan. "'Only I know it couldn't be a ghost.' "'How about Grace Mason's brother?' "'Walter?' cried Nan in surprise. "'Yes.' He helped you get those things over from Ms. Ricolti's, didn't he? Yes, admitted Nan. She feared that the omission might get Walter into trouble. It seems to me like a boy's trick, Mrs. Cupp said reflectively. I should have stopped to see who it was at the time, but I was afraid. My sister and I are in trouble enough as it stands, and I was nervous, I suppose, she added, more to herself than to Nan. I am very sure, Mrs. Cupp, that Walter would not frighten anybody. Not if he thought he could save you girls from getting caught, asked the matron shrewdly. I am quite sure Walter was nowhere near the boathouse at that time, Nan said with confidence. I know he telephoned to his sister this evening from their house. Couldn't you call up his mother or father and find out if he went out again after that time? Good idea! I'll do it, said Mrs. Cupp. You report to Dr. Prescott tomorrow, after chapel. This order did not make Nan sleep any more soundly that night. 
it was quite twelve o'clock when the girls separated under the sharp eye of mrs cupp and scattered to their rooms bess kissed nan fondly before she crept into her own bed i don't care nancy she breathed we would have had a lovely time if it hadn't been for old cup and the one who set her after us suggested nan oh who could she be linda we'll never know i suppose said nan i thought at first linda and her crowd had robbed us oh but i guess whoever did that scared mrs cup too the ghost yes if you wish to call him that but he is a ghost with a big appetite dear me that's so isn't it agreed bess well i don't know oh yawn sigh murmur and bess was off to the land of nod not so nan she tossed about for a long time ere she could find oblivion her conscience pricked her and a prickly conscience is just as unhappy a bedfellow as a porcupine would be what would mumsey and papa sherwood say if they heard of this escapade nan realized that she had done wrong in yielding to the seductive suggestion of the secret supper she might have given her girl friends a treat in some way that would not have broken the school rules she was sorry very sorry indeed that she had done this more than a few tears wet nan sherwood's pillow before she finally dropped sleep nor had she found relief from this feeling of depression the next morning when she went alone to dr prescott's office this was the first time nan had been sent to interview the principal of lakeview hall for any such reason she had quite fallen in love with dr beulah prescott on the evening of her arrival at the school and nan sherwood was of too truly an affectionate disposition to hurt or offend anybody whom she loved dear dear nancy sherwood said the principal in a worried way i never expected to receive such a report about you of all my new girls leader of a party of girls that steals out of the hall after bedtime feasts on contraband eatables ahem where's the list of this forbidden fruit here it is sandwiches salad cake coffee and cream ice cream dear me dear me what will your digestions be like if you keep on this way i don't know dr prescott nan said faintly as the preceptress halted for breath i see no pickles olives or cheese on the bill of fare said the doctor lowering her lorgette how is that a schoolgirl picnic without these delectables my my money didn't hold out confessed nan her eyes suddenly dancing dr prescott was not proving so difficult after all mrs cupp reports only you for punishment said the principal after a momentary smile don't you think the others deserve punishment too 
no dr prescott nan was prompt to say it wouldn't have happened and the other girls would not have been down there at the boathouse if it hadn't been for me well possibly that may be so that was mrs cupp's opinion and we will let it rest at that also mrs cupp recommended you to mercy nancy this surprised nan a good deal she had not thought the stern matron was given at all to mercy nevertheless we must show our disapproval of such rehensible action continued dr prescott you are sentenced to solitary recreation hours for a week on your honor remember no conversation with the other girls save in study and recitation hours until a week from today remember not even with miss harley that is all nancy end of chapter twenty two recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c